last day. I ain't afraid of death, bring it. Not right now, but you know. <laughs> That's right, man. You're gonna wanna come to my funeral. <laughs> I'm gonna put the fun in funeral. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to be sad. I got a big bowl of candy on my chest. That's gonna help some people, man. People walking by my casket. I can't believe you're gone. I can't believe Smarties. Oh my god. I love Smarties. Somebody takes two pieces. I grab their arm. <laughs> Come on. Coming to my funeral, man. There's gonna be dancing, man. I'm gonna have music and a DJ. Mm. Just throw your hands in the air and wave them like you ain't in there. Oh, come to my funeral, man. It's gonna be great. There's gonna be a mosh pit, man. And don't just let me lay there. <laughs> Get me involved. Pick me up. Let me crowd surf. Like, man, you go to Hawkins' funeral? Yeah, it was awesome! <laughs> All right, enough joking. Let's get serious. <laughs> um, serious, actually. Let's get serious about learning. We're right in the middle of a series that we are calling Serious Learning. We're taking our lives serious this year, and uh, Jesus teaches us a lot of things in the New Testament. We want to be serious about learning those things because he teaches them for a reason. Now, we started with the Beatitudes. Jesus preaches a Sermon on the Mount, and last week we started with the beginning of that with the, the first Beatitude, and that was, blessed is the person who is poor in spirit and realizes their need for him. Zacchaeus, if you remember, illustrated what it is to be poor in spirit, to realize our need for God. Well, this week we're going to review the second beatitude that Jesus teaches. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning is a state of being in deep grief. We mourn over a profound loss, such as the death of a loved one or a crippling accident. We also mourn over our own sins or our own mistakes. We mourn for the purity of heart that we once enjoyed or for a future that our choices have destroyed. Mourning is a part of being human. It's an expression of our hearts when something we value has been taken from us. It can also be a way to convey our agreement with God's moral law that we have violated. Mourning, although painful, can help us align our hearts with the heart of God. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, I think if we were to pick out a story in Scripture that illustrated this beatitude that Jesus teaches, it would probably be the story of Lazarus. 
Let me tell you this story. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Not to be confused with Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Mary of Magdalene, to whom he cast out demons. This was Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Lazarus, but we do know that he has two sisters and that he is a dear friend of Jesus. Some versions say that this is the one whom Jesus loved, Jesus' beloved friend, Lazarus. He was sick. When Jesus got word, he says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened so that God would be glorified. Oh, Jesus loved Martha, and he loved Mary, and he loved Lazarus. But even though he loved them, he stayed where he was for the next two days. It seemed appropriate that Mary and Martha, when their brother was uh, so sick that it looked like it would end in death, that they would go to Jesus, whom they knew was performing miracles. They would want him to come instantly, right away, to heal their brother. But Jesus didn't. She said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death, but it will glorify God. So he waited for two days, two days, and his disciples were around him. And finally he said, okay, disciples, let's go. Let's go to Lazarus. But you know, uh, the disciples, they knew where Lazarus was at, and they had been there recently. They pertinier got killed. They were uh, almost stoned. And so they objected, objected. The disciples said, no, let's not go there. Remember? Remember how bad we were treated? But Jesus says, listen, there's some people there who need me. There's some people who need our teaching, Lazarus for one, and the others there that will be watching, and so let's go. He tries to tell the disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but uh, I will go wake him up. And I think that Jesus uses this word sleep. Lazarus has fallen asleep to encourage the disciples. Um, this is something that we can do. Uh, Let's go right away. It's not, that, uh, it's not that bad. We'll fix him. But the disciples said, Lord, if, if he's sleeping, um, then we don't need to go. If he is not that bad, then maybe he'll sleep it off and be better after a while. So we better stay here. But Jesus wouldn't have it. So he plainly told them, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, now what you're going to see will really make you believe. Come, let's go. Now, maybe you've heard of uh, the disciple named Thomas. You probably think of him as doubting Thomas. But in this situation, 
Thomas does not seem to doubt at all. He stands forward and in front of all of his disciple friends. He said, let's go. Let's go and die with Jesus if that's what is going to mean for us. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. The disciples at this point were probably thinking, why again did we come to this place? Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many people had come to console Martha and Mary. When Martha heard that Jesus was there, she went to him. And she said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here just a little bit ago, you could have saved my brother. He wouldn't have died. But even now, Lord, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Martha seems to have good faith in her Savior, but she's still not, not content, not happy about Jesus' decision not to come right away. And then Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. Martha says, yes, I know he'll rise again, just like uh, all of us who are Christians. We will rise again on the last day. And at this point, Jesus, it would seem that he turns her to look right at him, turns her chin so that they're looking eye to eye. An intimate conversation here, Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me, believes in me, will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And she returned and told Mary that Jesus was there. Now Mary immediately went to Jesus. She was thinking the same thing that Martha was thinking. Uh, Jesus is here now. Uh, maybe he can uh, do something for us. But when she got to him, she said, Lord, if only you had been here, you could have kept my brother from dying. She was weeping, Mary was, like probably everyone else there. When Jesus saw the tears on her face, he became troubled. A deep anger, the scripture says, welled up within him. And I, I wonder what it was like in this situation. I tend to think about how this would be put into a picture film. Maybe it'll come out on the, the Chosen TV series and I'll be interested to see what it's like, but I just imagine when Jesus is standing here and he sees Martha and Mary, tears running down their faces, weeping. And he sees everyone that has come to console them. They are crying and mourning. And he sees the people that have been hired to come and mourn the death of Lazarus. It just seems like it would be a situation that, a scene that's in slow motion. 
as he views everything around him. The result of sin started a long time ago in the garden when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and brought death into the world. Now Jesus is seeing the result of that, tears and wailing. Scripture says this deeply troubled is what Jesus felt inside of himself. And then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see, see how much Jesus loved Lazarus. But some of, them, some of them said, this man healed the blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And while Jesus was still angry, he still had this deep movement inside of himself. He went to the tomb, which was a cave with a stone rolled across. And he said, roll the stone away. Open up the tomb. Martha objected. No, Jesus, it won't be pretty. It's not good. It won't make anything better. Jesus responded again to, to her, turning her to face him. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? And so they rolled the stone aside. They opened up the tomb, and Jesus gave thanks to God right then. And he thanked God in a way that everyone around him could see. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now let's take this second beatitude in the story of Lazarus and figure out how to apply it to our lives. The sickness is sin. Jesus gets a message. Your dear friend, the man whom you love, is sick. Humanity has a sickness. We all have a sickness. It's, it's called uh, sin. And God gave the command to the first man not to the eat the fruits on the tree of knowledge of good and evil because if he ate it, he would surely die. You read that in Genesis chapter 2. Well, they ate the fruit. They ate it, and as Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. It's a disease, and it spread rapidly. Remember COVID? Those of you who forgot are like, no, I didn't remember. Thanks for reminding me. COVID, it was one of those things. Boy, uh, think about when it first, uh, first came out. I mean, well, not really. That sounds like a movie, when it first came out. Think of it when, it first, when we first heard about it, before we seen the effects of it. You know, everyone was worried about uh, how it was going to affect us. It was going to be so contagious. You know, we'd seen in the past history uh, illnesses that were just airborne, and it was hard to prevent uh, from getting some of these illnesses and you had to take the contents of your house if you caught it and burned them to get rid of it. And so we didn't know what to expect. It was possible that this, this uh, virus or disease would spread uh, like crazy rapidly and really fast and it would be a bad deal. Well, the disease of sin 
puts COVID to shame because once sin came into this world, it spread to everyone, every human being, everywhere, now had to face sin, had to suffer from sin. But God so loved the world that... Sorry about that. God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. You know, Jesus loved Lazarus. He had a love for Lazarus, but He has a love for every single one of us. And so God sent His Son to us. His Son, Dr. Jesus. Now, I don't really know if I've ever heard Jesus being referred to as a doctor, but if anyone deserves to, be, to have the title of doctor, it's probably Jesus. He has healed a lot of people. Remember, um, in uh, Mark chapter 2, it says that it is not the healthy that needs a doctor, but the sick. And those were words of Jesus. God sent his son, Dr. Jesus, because we have the sickness of sin. Well, what does the doctor say? What is the doctor's diagnosis? Dr. Jesus, what does he diagnose in the situation of Lazarus? Have you ever uh, wanted to describe something, but you couldn't think of a word to describe it, so you had to make up a word for it? I sometimes do that, and it's probably not because there's not a word. It's probably because I have a limited vocabulary. So I made up a word today, and it's uh, eterminal. Eterminal. Let me explain it. So uh, Jesus' diagnosis to Lazarus is not eterminal. Now, uh, the words that Jesus used, which are probably the most simple, he said, his sickness won't end in death. He's going to die. He just didn't say that. But Lazarus died, so we can't say that it wasn't uh, terminal because it was terminal on the earth here. Lazarus died. Uh, you and I, no matter what, we are uh, terminal. We're going to die, but the word of God says that we can live eternally. We are not terminal in an eternal uh, sense of the matter, so we are not E-terminal, uh, that's kind of goofy, but uh, basically what it is, is, is don't worry, uh, Jesus says the sickness won't end in death. The sickness of sin, if we put our faith in Jesus, won't end in death. It is for the glory of God. Satan thought he had won when he had got Adam and Eve to eat the fruit when, yeah, death entered the world when that happened, death was the charge, the result of them eating the fruit, but God still has the upper hand, and his glory will be revealed even in death. The sickness is sin. A second point is God's timing is perfect. Perfect. He's never late. Now, uh, you guys probably, and I know for me, I feel like, oh, sometimes God is a little bit late. I, I prayed for that a year ago. But God's timing is actually perfect. What we don't know, we don't know. 
and what God knows is true and good. God's timing is perfect. Jesus waited two days after the message about Lazarus uh, came to him that he was sick. And finally, verse 6 says, finally they went to see Lazarus, but Lazarus was already gone. He'd already died. The time that God allows for events to take place is part of his sovereign plan. He told the disciples, Jesus did, uh, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Now you will believe. Man, when it seems that Jesus is absent, it is for our sake so that we have an opportunity to grow our faith. You know those prayers that uh, you've prayed and then you don't see God answering right away? Doesn't make sense to you? Well... Be still and know that he is God. And use that time to grow your faith. God's timing is perfect. Now, it may be perfect, but, but Mary and Martha, they were still mourning the loss of their brother. Even though God's timing is perfect, there was still crying and sadness and hurt. The experiencing, the, or experiencing loss still hurts. So how do we find comfort in times like these? Well, the scripture said that many people had came to console, console Mary and Martha. Nothing can replace the one we lost. Oh, if we lose someone, people may gather around us. Casseroles can fill the fridge, cards and flowers cover the tables and counters, but the loss of a loved one leaves a void. Here's what we need to do in those situations. We need to do the same thing that Mary and Martha did. They went to Jesus. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. And the scripture also said so that Mary, when she heard that Jesus was there, she immediately went to him. And here's what Jesus does when you go to him. He speaks words of comfort, and his word is truth, and his word has power. Here's what he told Martha. Your brother will rise again. He also gives words. <clears throat> um, he also, on the top of giving words of comfort and truth, he also offers true, heartfelt compassion. When Mary went to him in verse 35, says, Jesus wept. One of the, uh, uh, the high school uh, youth group students quoted me a verse uh, this past Wednesday. They were excited. They got a verse memorized. It was, it was Jesus wept, that shortest verse. They were pretty excited about that. What a powerful verse, though. You know, Jesus gave Martha these words, and to Mary, he weeps. He felt the true compassion. He was not a paid mourner. There are probably those around. They would hire mourners. That was the, the thing that they did then to uh, help get on with the grieving process. But this wasn't Jesus. He wasn't 
tired. These were true feelings. Sometimes the best thing we can do is not give words, but is to just be with a person who's experiencing loss. Jesus absolutely had feelings. Isaiah called it in chapter 53, when he prophesied a thousand years before Jesus came to earth. Verse 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Deepest grief. Verse 38 of our uh, chapter 11 in John of our story about Lazarus says that Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb, when he was going there to Lazarus. He was still deeply moved inside. His spirit was truly grieved. He felt the deepest despair that sin and death has caused in the world. And he grieved the decay and destruction of his perfect creation. He suffered the rejection of those who doubted him. Verse 37, but some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Again, Isaiah called it. Verse 3, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. No matter though. He said, roll the stone aside. Open up the tomb. And Martha said, no, no. I don't want to see that. It won't be good. Didn't I tell you? Jesus said that you would see God's glory if you believe. Even in death, God's glory is revealed. Death is not final. The creator who has the power to create life is also the God who has the power to conquer death. Death was conquered on the cross. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh, and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as human, as a human being could he die, and only dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Did you get that? For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Break the power of the devil. And oh, did he break the power of the devil? God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Congregation, do you believe this? God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Comforted. This is what it's all about. Comforted. 
true comfort. True comfort is the hope of resurrection that fills the void of loss. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, He gave His own one and only Son that so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. True comfort will not perish but have eternal life. You know what Jesus did in the end of the story of Lazarus? Here's where, here's where it ends. Or shall we say, here's where it begins. He told them to open the tomb. And he looks in the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come out. Evidently, even a dead man has to obey Jesus. Because Lazarus did. He stood up and he starts walking out of the tomb. And there he was in front of everyone who could see a man who was dead for four days in the tomb standing before them very much alive. He lived again. And I guarantee you, if you believe in Jesus, you will live again, and that is true comfort. But don't take my word for it. God said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The resurrection, my brothers and sisters, is where we find our hope resurrection of Jesus Christ and we see it in the resurrection of Lazarus and oh we will be part of it when we experience the resurrection of ourselves into eternal life that gives us hope resurrection it's what turns our mourning into dancing and if you've never put your faith in Jesus if you don't believe in him then I invite you to put your faith in him today and have the hope of resurrection and be comforted. We mourn sometimes for real things. And sometimes we mourn for silly things. But God blesses those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the word that you've given us in our scripture. Lord, we're so thankful for what you did to Lazarus. Lord, for your glory to be shown through it. God, we thank you. The disciples were there uh, seeing it. Uh, Mary and Martha and all those who were looking on, they seen Lazarus walk again and it opened up their eyes. God, we see, we read the story and we see with our eyes as we read your words that you gave us that our lives don't end in death this life here in this world oh yeah death comes at the end of that but Lord we are created to be eternal beings put our faith in you and we have eternal life life after death 
Lord, and that only comes from you, and we understand that, God. There's nothing we can do to get there, so we put our faith in you, God. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and help us to take the next step, the step towards living a life surrendered to you, Jesus. 